Hey, so a couple of weeks ago, I made one of the most embarrassing mistakes of my entire life. And because I never want you guys to think too highly of me, I want to share with you the stupid thing that I did. So Amber and I live in an apartment building here in the Northeast, and we're on the second floor of the apartment building. And because I'm apparently a lazy bag of bones, I typically take the elevator instead of climbing the one set of stairs that would lead to our apartment. I know I should probably just take the stairs, good for me, exercise, you know, but I'm just going to embrace the dad bod. I don't even care at this point, all right? So I take the elevator. So a few weeks ago, it was my day off, and I was like, you know what? I want a, I want a Starbucks. I'm going to go get some coffee first thing in the morning, 7, 7.30 in the morning. So I jump in the Jeep. I drive to Starbucks. I come back. I park my Jeep, I walk in the front door, I climb onto the elevator, it takes me up, I get out, I turn right, I walk down to our door, I push the handle, and I walk in. When I walked in, I was immediately disoriented. Like, I I felt so dizzy, so weird. Um, You know, I just knew something was wrong. I couldn't quite put my finger on it, but I knew something was wrong. That's because although I had only been gone a couple of minutes, right? I just ran to Starbucks and then I came back. In that short period of time that I had been gone that morning, somebody had taken all of our furniture out of our apartment and they had replaced it with this other stuff that I had never, ever seen. And I'm looking around and I'm like, who are all these strange pictures on the wall? I don't recognize one of these people. The place even smelled different. I don't know if you know that. Like, you know, every home kind of has its own smell. And I'm not saying it smelled bad necessarily. I'm just saying it smelled different than what I was used to. And, and again, I just, I, I was, I could not process it. My brain glitched. I had no idea what had just happened. And then suddenly it dawns on me. Somehow or another, I had managed to get off on the wrong floor. And because every door and every hallway looks exactly the same, I had walked, now I had not gotten off on the second floor, I'd gotten off on the third floor. So I didn't go to apartment 221, I walked right into apartment 321. And for some reason, the bonehead who lives there had left his door unlocked. So whoop, I came walking right in. Now please understand you guys, I'm not saying I cracked the door, got a peek, and I was like, whoop, wrong door, and I went away. No, no, I walked right in, the door shut behind me, I put my keys on somebody else's counter, and then it hit me. And I froze. And I thought to myself, oh God, I have no idea what I should do right now. Should I just slowly back out and hope that nobody knows I ever went inside of there? Should I call out to the resident? Say like, hey, weirdo in your kitchen, can I talk? Should I just wait for the cops to show up? I had no idea what I should do in the moment. And so I'm standing there probably about 10 seconds, way longer than anybody should be standing in somebody else's apartment. And I'm like, God, please help. Please tell me what to do because I have no idea. So after about 10 seconds, I did the only thing I could think of. I sprinted out of the apartment as fast as I could. I ran down the hall. I ran down the stairs. I ran into 221, the correct apartment. I come running. I'm like, (gasps) and Amber's like, what is wrong? Are you okay? And I explain everything that happened. She's like, you're lying to me. And I'm like, no, I'm actually that stupid. And so she's like, what do you, I guess just forget about it. You know I mean? What are you going to do? I was like, no, I really think I should go knock on the door and maybe in, like introduce myself and try to explain what happened. Cause I don't want this guy calling the cops or reporting to management and there are security cameras. So they're going to see me breaking in and running down the hall. So I go up there, I knock on the door. I explain everything that happened. And the ironic thing is the whole time, 
the, the resident in that suite had been asleep in his bedroom and he had no clue that anything had even happened. It was truly one of my most embarrassing mistakes. Have you ever been in a situation where you said to yourself, I have no idea what to do right now? Have you ever been in that spot where you're like, ah, I could do this, I could do that, but I'm just not sure what the right response is here, what the right action is, what the right path is to take. Of course, we've all been there. Listen, if you're a parent or these parents that were on stage just a few moments ago, the, the minute that they put that baby in your arms and they discharge you from the hospital, you're walking out and you're like, now what? I have no idea if I am adequate to the task that's in front of me. Um, I used to be a youth pastor, and for 16 years, I worked in student ministry, and I got to tell you that like one of the most anxiety-inducing stages of life is when you graduate from high school and you're going to university, because you have to choose a school that you want to go to, and then you've got to choose your major, like what do I want to do for the rest of my life? Honestly, that seems like way too big of a choice for somebody who still thinks that like body spray is a suitable substitute to a daily shower. Like, Why do we let 18-year-olds choose what they're going to do for the rest? their life. And I remember students all the time saying, Dan, like, I could go this way with my life. I could go that way. I, I just don't know what's the right thing to do. I have people here at the church and they say, hey, Dan, I've got an opportunity for this job and I don't know if it's the right thing. Should I stay where I'm at? Should I move forward? I've got a choice, but I don't know which direction to go. It doesn't matter whether it's a single decision like the things I've mentioned or you're facing a new reality in life because maybe you go to the doctor and suddenly they're, they're saying the big C word and you're like, whoa, what happens from here? It doesn't matter whether it's an individual decision or it's a brand new season. Life is going to make you feel anxious and confused at some point. Life is going to leave you wondering, which way do I go? Which path do I choose? How can I be sure that I am headed in the right direction for my life? Now, luckily, in the scripture, we find a promise that we can cling to every single day. When we find ourselves unsure about the future, don't know which way to go, there is a word that is included in the scripture that is so powerful, it is so rich and so helpful that I know people that have memorized this verse. It just stays in their head. They repeat it like it's a life verse for them. I actually have a couple of friends who have this verse tattooed on their body. Okay, that's how good they think it is. I do too. Maybe you'll find it helpful as well. It's Proverbs chapter number three, verses five and six. This is the promise that the scripture gives us. Proverbs three, five and six. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in every area of your life and he will show you which path to take. So here's the promise. I mean, the promise is there in the verse, but maybe I can summarize it in a way that'll be memorable and helpful to you. The promise that we find in this passage is that it is possible to walk with confidence in life's most confusing seasons. It is possible to walk with confidence in life's most confusing seasons. Now, I know some of you are like, that has not been my experience, Dan. When it is confusing and it's hard, my heart just gets to beating and my mind gets to spinning out. And I never feel confident in life's most confusing seasons. But wouldn't it be great if this actually was true? Maybe you haven't experienced it yet, but wouldn't it be so good if God were really there to guide you through life's hardest times? When you don't have answers, when you don't know which way to turn, when you feel inadequate to whatever is in front of you, I believe God wants to direct your paths, as this verse says. Now, one of the things that I want to do to help you to understand just how amazing this passage is, is I want to diagram this scripture just a little bit. Diagramming it basically means I want to break it into a couple of parts, and I want to talk 
talk to you about it um, from a way that'll help you to understand maybe a little bit about what it's saying. This is always a helpful way to study the Bible. If you're ever stuck on a passage and you want to break it down a little bit, that's a helpful thing to do, okay? So in this passage here, we could split it into two. And on the one hand, we've got the part of the passage that describes my role. Then we have the part of the passage that describes God's role. Okay, so there's a a set of words in these verses that speak to me. They speak to my responsibility. They speak to what my role is when life is confusing and I need direction. Then there's the part that speaks to what God can do, what only God can do. So if we pay attention to this uh, verse here, only God can show me the correct path to go down. God is the one who will direct my paths. That's his role. That's his responsibility in life. Now, um, although this version of the Bible translates it that God will direct your paths or will show you which path to take, a lot of other translations render this a little bit differently. They say, God will make your paths straight. Now, I kind of like that translation. It's a little more accurate, actually, to what the original Hebrew says. And I like it because there are a lot of people, maybe even many of you in the room this morning, and your life just feels kind of meandering. Your path is not straight. You don't know where you're headed. You don't know if it's to a good definition. You're just kind of wandering and hope you find the path along the way. There have been long seasons in my life in which I have experienced that. And so wouldn't it be good if God were to come along and say, hey, quit taking all of these detours. Here's the straight path that I want you to go down. Remember, the the shortest distance between any two points is a, oh, some of you are so smart. Some of you are still asleep. Okay, it's a straight line. It's a straight line. It would be so great. Listen, I don't know if you've ever been lost, like really, really lost driving somewhere. I know GPS has kind of made it so that we don't get lost all that much, but a couple of years ago, I got more lost than I have ever been in my entire life in Costa Rica. So Amber and I had gone down to Costa Rica. We have some friends who are missionaries down there. So we flew into San Jose, and then we went out into the middle of nowhere. We got to go to like the um, national park where they filmed Jurassic Park. That was amazing. It's my favorite movie, and I was so happy to be there, you know, where they had filmed all these scenes and stuff. And then on our way back, we were driving and everything was good while we were out in the country for two reasons. One, we had GPS and it was just telling us, you know, keep going straight for 45 kilometers and then you'll make a left. So that was helpful. But the other thing is way out in the country, there's basically one direction to go. It's just one two lane road and it heads right into city center in San Jose. But as you get closer into the city, there were a couple things that happened to us. One, for some reason, our GPS stopped working just gave out. I have no clue why. So we didn't have turn-by-turn directions anymore. Then when you get to the outskirts of San Jose, the two-lane road turns into like a 12-lane road, and they have these giant roundabouts, okay? They're huge. They're like two kilometers in diameter, and there are 11 or 12 different exits that break off of them, all right? If you think people can't handle roundabouts in your neighborhood here in Calgary, get on a highway that is that large with all of these major intersections and exits and all of those different things. And uh, you know, it really messed me up. I did the whole national lampoons, like just driving around and around and around in circles. Uh, We were trying so hard. Now, I speak a little bit of Spanish. I took seven years of Spanish in school, so I can communicate on about the level of a two-year-old. And I mean that sincerely. That's just where I'm at. So if I'm in a neighborhood and I'm talking to somebody, I can speak to them well enough and I can understand what they're saying well enough to figure out basic directions. But when you're trying to get from way out in the country to the middle of the city center, when they're like, go to the third roundabout, take the eighth left, and then take the fourth, you know, it's just like my brain can't handle that. So all I did was we just drove 
circles, roundabouts, figure eights, everything I could, looking for the sign that said Aeropuerto. That's it. That's all I was looking for. And it was a long, stressful, tense journey. I'm not going to say I cursed, um, but you know, like there was stuff welling inside of me. I was so angry, like, you know, we finally made our flight and it was good. But here's the deal. The whole time, I was like, why can't the road just be straight? Why can't it just go right to the airport? That's where I need to go. It would be amazing if it was just like, whoop, right there. And I didn't have to figure out all of these different paths, all of these different options. I was looking for a straight road. In uh, Proverbs chapter number three, verses five and six, God promises that his job is to make your path straight. His job is to get you where you need to be. His job is to make sure that you stay on the path that he has for your life. That is God's responsibility, according to this verse. Now, our responsibility, of course, is over here. My responsibility is to trust in the Lord with all of my heart, to believe that God really will direct my paths. My responsibility is to acknowledge him in every area of my life. That means to submit and to surrender, to believe that he is working out all these situations according to his big, perfect plan, and that uh, everything's going to be okay. That is my role and my responsibility according to this verse. Now, stay with me. Most of my stress and frustration in life comes because I get real worried about what's happening on the other side of the wall. I'm supposed to be over here focused on all of this, but I have a tendency, and I bet some of you do too as well, to poke your head up over the wall and you're like, how things are going over there, God? Where am I headed? When is this gonna end? Which job should I take? What's his name? Could you just give me that? I'll wait. Could you just give me his name? And I imagine all the time God is like, Dan, get back on your side of the wall, man. I told you, this is my responsibility. I will direct your paths. I will make your path straight. I will show you the way that you need to go. You focus on this and let me do that. And if I'm honest, I know deep down inside that I'm not even adequate to be on that side of the wall. I keep trying to jump over there and grab control of the wheel and say, oh, this is the way I want to go. But I know deep down inside, I don't belong on that side of the wall. I don't have the knowledge that I need, right? I I just don't have all the knowledge, all the um, answers, so to speak. I will make decisions based on the information that I have, but I know full well I don't know everything there is to know. And there have been times where I made decisions in my own life based on incomplete information, and it ended up poorly. My perspective is limited. I don't know how this decision today is going to work out, you know, two years, 10 years in the future, but God has this eternal perspective and he's able to divide the the beginning from the end so he can see things from a way that they can't. Come on, you know what I'm talking about is true here. There have been times that like if you today you look back in your life and you're like, oh Lord, if I only knew that that choice when I was 17 was going to lead to all of this, I definitely would have chose something different because our perspective is limited. And not only that, but if we look back at our life's history, our, our success at directing our own path is a mixed bag at best. There have been times where you've chosen for yourself and it's worked out okay. And there have been a lot of times in which we've chosen for ourselves and it has not gone as well as it could. So God sets this divide here in Proverbs chapter number three, verse, uh, verses five through six, in which he says, look, this is my responsibility. That's your responsibility. Stay on your side of the wall, and I promise you, I will take care of my side of the wall. Your path will be straight. I will direct you every single day if you'll just trust and acknowledge that I'm working on your behalf. 
The principle here is that my level of confidence is derived from who I trust in. My level of confidence is derived from who I trust in. So if I trust in me to guide my paths, to choose the correct way in life, if I trust in myself, I'm always going to be anxious. I'm always going to second guess because I know that I don't have all the information. I don't have a great track record and I'm always going to wonder, am I choosing the right thing? Even if I rely on people in my life, whether it's a partner or a friend or, you know, an influencer on Instagram, I don't know, if I'm relying on somebody else, my confidence can only ever be as sure as their capacity, capability, knowledge, perspective. And because they're human just like me, they're just as likely as I am to put me on the wrong path. But if I could believe that I have a father in heaven who is all-seeing, all-knowing, He's genuinely good. He has a plan for my life and for everybody else. If we would simply trust him and grow closer to him, he would lead us to places that we would never get to if we are trying to choose which path we head down. My level of confidence, it depends on who I trust in. In fact, if you've been following God for any length of time, you probably can look back on your life and you can say, all right, every time I trusted in God, I ended up in a better place every time. Now, every time I trusted in me, I made my own decisions, went my own way. Sometimes I ended up in a better place. Sometimes I ended up in a worse place. So rather than putting my confidence in me, rather than putting your confidence in the pastor or your wife or anybody else for that matter, put your confidence in God because he's the only one that is truly trustworthy. So here's the mantra. This is the thing that I want you to take away from the message this morning. My hope is that you'll walk away like repeating this in the days to come and speaking it to one another because this is taken directly from Proverbs chapter number three, verses five and six. The thing that we should be repeating every single day is when I don't know which way to turn, I turn to God. When I don't know which way to turn, I turn to God. You say, Dan, that's so simplistic. That's silly. This is something you teach kids. Yeah, the kids get it easier than we do. You know what I'm saying? Like kids understand trust. Kids understand what it's like to believe that there is somebody who is looking out for their best interest. That's what parents do for children. He is our heavenly father. He is looking out for our good interest. He will not lead you astray. He will not make you waste your life. He will not send you on useless errands and detours. He will make sure that you end up in the place that you are supposed to be. You don't have to know where you're headed. You just have to trust the one who does. When I don't know where to turn, I turn to God. That's it. Which school are you going to go to? I don't know yet. I'm just focusing on God and trusting that he's going to make my path straight. Should you marry this person? Mom says no, but my heart says yes. So you don't have to know right now. Focus on God. Trust him. Work on your side of the wall. God will direct your, he will direct your path. He will take care of what only he can do. When I don't know which way to turn, I turn to God. All right, I gotta wrap this up because we've got one more song that we're gonna sing together and we want you to have plenty of time to go hang out at the food trucks and stuff. I think if you're like relatively new here, you were here last week and I preached like a 15 or 20 minute sermon. And then this week I'm preaching a 20 minute sermon. You guys probably don't think I like to preach. I do, but we got other stuff we wanna do today, okay? So let me share with you a couple of blessings that come with staying on your side of the wall. A couple of blessings that come with staying on your side of the wall. Let God be God and you focus on you. If you do that, you will find out that first, you do not have to have all the answers. If this verse is true, 
If God is at work in ways that you are not aware of and cannot see or comprehend yet, that means that today you don't have to have all the answers. In uh, verse number five, it says, do not depend on your own understanding. Some of you don't like those words because it makes you think, oh, well, the Bible's telling me to stop using my brain or I'm just supposed to sit around and wait for God to do something for me. Or, you know, it's blind faith. No, it's not that. Instead, this is a freeing word. Because when you're facing a decision or a season and you don't know what you're supposed to do, you can say, all right, according to Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, I don't have to have the answers right now. There is someone who has the answers and I can turn to him. I don't have to figure all this out. I can trust the one who does have the answers. Do you see what a relief that would be? If you didn't have to sweat it all the time, if you weren't the only one carrying the responsibility for the decisions that you made, but you genuinely trusted that God is able to do for you what he says in this word. I don't have to have all the answers. That's one of the blessings of staying on your side of the wall. The second one is that you don't have to face life's difficulties alone. I don't have to do this by myself that there is a God who is at work in my circumstances, whether I see him or not, whether I even believe in him or not. Some of you are like, Dan, I don't even believe in God. So? <laughs> that doesn't dictate whether God exists or not. You know, God is not like Tinkerbell, okay? He doesn't exist only if enough people believe in him. That's not how it works. God is there. And he says, guys, I'm at work. I am directing your path. I am making it straight. I know it feels confusing, but you can walk with confidence in life's most, most confusing seasons because you are not alone. You have a God who sees you, who knows you, who's concerned with the things that you are dealing with, and he wants to work out his good and perfect plan in your life. Not only do you have God, so you're not by yourself, you have a whole church full of people that want to share life with you, that want to help you as you walk through life's journey, difficulties, highs and lows. That's why we do child dedications the way, they do, the way that we do. Honestly, if it was just about the families and God, I could go to their house, we could do this right in their living room. But we always do it on Sunday and we always do it with the church. Why? Because this is a community thing. And in the, the family of God, you are never alone. When you belong to Connect Church, you have hundreds of people who are there with you, encouraging you, cheering you on, that are willing to show up and help you move. Like nobody comes to help move, but you'll find people that will come to help you move here. People who will pray for you, people who will supply your needs, people who will challenge you when you need it. And sometimes we all need it. People who will help you to trust what's happening on the other side of the wall. My friends, you don't have to have the answers. You don't have to face this all by yourself. There is a God just on the other side who is at work, who is doing everything he can to get you where you need to go. So don't worry about his side, focus on yours. Acknowledge God, do your very best to know him to grow in your relationship with him. And he promises to direct your path. This is the only scripture that says this final verse that I'll read for you. It's kind of the companion verse. It's Psalm chapter number 32, verse eight. And the Lord is speaking here. And he says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and I will watch over you. God says, I'm at work on this side of the wall. You stay at work on this side of the wall. I will guide you along the best path for, path for your life. I will advise you. I promise. I'm looking out for you. 
The question is whether or not we're gonna trust him to look out for us. Father, I pray for each and every person that's here today, including myself, that we would have full confidence in what you're doing in our lives. Lord, help us to submit and surrender to your will, to your plan, to your guidance and your direction each day. Help us not to carry around the responsibility to believe that every decision rests only on our shoulders and if things go bad, we made the wrong choice. And if they could, God, help us to put all of that aside and instead to acknowledge you in every area of our life, not to lean on our own understanding, but Lord, to get to know you, to focus on our relationship with you, to allow you to direct our paths and make them straight. Father, when we find ourselves uncertain of what to do, I pray that we would turn to you and that you would do what only you can do for each one of us. Thank you for this word. It's a challenge, but it's also an encouragement, God. So help us now to live it out. We pray all this in Christ's name.